Thank you for choosing this Dream Center podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for further updates. This morning is a, a new beginning. I have, like father, like son, I now have an iPad. I am part of that generation. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if it does anything or not. <laughs> okay. Right, well, good morning. All right. You know, it's funny, this morning, whenever I... Whenever God asks me to, whenever, whenever ever I'm asked to preach, I sort of always, okay, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to us? And I always seem to kind of have this kind of habit of, I always say, God, just give me some really cool piece of revelation from a bit of scripture, and I can go look at this, and you'll go, wow, that's really good, and then we, and then we're all happy. Instead, God takes me on a really different route. Um, I mean, last time I had my heart on the floor. The time before that, I did something else. So. God always seems to kind of, he's, I don't know why, but he seems to be uh, getting me to speak certain kind of messages. And it's going to be another one like this this morning. But, so are you, are you ready to come with me? All right, okay. This morning, I, I entitled this morning, You Only Need One to Succeed. But I'm not sure whether to change that. I'll let you decide at the end. What, what happened was, when I was, I was in a prayer meeting with the, um, the kids workers. We have joint meetings all the time um, for, for prayer and make sure how we can, what we can do for each other. And we were praying for one of the girls and this was, in, this was after I realized I was preaching and, and, and I said to God, right, what do you want me to speak on? And he said, as I was in the middle of praying for, happened to be Lisa, um, just went, Olympics, the prophecy, do it. I'm like, what? And it's like, when God gives you two random things, it's like, chopsticks, curtain rails, make them work. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> but... God and his divine wisdom, you've learned not to argue, just obey. And, and what I really want to look at, what I started to see, and the, when, it, when it said the word prophecy, I knew immediately that he meant the prophecy given by Dr. Jonathan David in June 2011. It wasn't over this house, it was over this nation. Amen? And, I start, and then I said, okay, right, so I understand what the prophecy means. Now let me understand the Olympics. He said, how long is there in between every Olympics? said, four years. And the first, what was the thing that Dr. Jonathan spoke about in the prophecy? That in the next two, three, four years, <laughs> we had to rise. So suddenly, okay, now we're on the page now. I understand the link. <laughs> I understand the link. So as I started going through, I started saying, God, right, so why the Olympics? What, what, what is it? Now, before this, I'd started to really get into the, the Tour de France as if you know, don't know if you, many of you know, for the first time ever, a Brit, or for the first time for a very long time, a British guy won it, Bradley Wiggins. And not only did we win it, we also came second as well, which was pretty cool, Martin Froome. And so I kind of got into it, and I was kind of like, you know, reading the paper every day, kind of just kind of, you know, because it's a British guy winning, so you might as well pay a bit of attention. And I never really understood the Tour de France. I just saw, you know, hundreds of bike riders all just like going as fast as they can up mountains and all around France. But then you suddenly started to realize that they were part of a team of about five of them. And I just thought, you know, if, if you're in F1 and you look at Lewis Hamilton and you look at Jensen Button, they call themselves teammates, but the reality is when they're on the track, it's every man for himself. Whereas in the Tour de France, it wasn't. They had a strategic number of guys. Martin Froome, was, who came second, his, his attribute was he could go up the hills. And there was, no one could do it like he could. Then there was Mark Cavanagh, who happened to be the world number one at the time. He was just amazed at just going like a bolt. 
And then there was Bradley Wiggins, who was kind of like the overall, I'm an all-rounder kind of guy. And what they all decided to do was they all decided that one of us, the the most important thing is the team's got to win. The team's got to win. And so they all brought their resources together, brought their expertise together. And it wasn't about my ego or his ego or their ego. It was about we've got to win. We've got to win. And so I I, kind of got this impression. But then I started to go into the Olympics. And I said, God, the Olympics is massive. I could talk about anything with it. But then, but then again, probably because of the cycling thing, I started paying a bit of attention to the cycling. And I don't know if you, did any of you watch some of the, the, the indoor cycling? We did all right, didn't we? Ten events, seven gold medals. That's pretty awesome. We were amazing in Beijing, and we were even more amazing now. We broke six world records. You know, the, near, the nearest country to us was Australia. Do you know how many gold medals they got? One. Now, we know there was other gold medals, there was other medals, bronze and silvers, but the reality was, everyone, the tables were all based on gold. And we had seven more than anyone else. So that was pretty good. So what I started to do was to have a look at what was it that has made them so successful. And I started to listen to some of the, some, some of the interviews, and I've got some little bits of extracts to try and kind of give you an idea of what the mindset was and the things they did. And I, what, what I'm also going to do this morning... Just, to, just so, so you know, I'm actually going to be reading extracts from the prophecy that Papa Jonathan gave us. So for all of you expecting he's going to go chapter 1 Chronicles, chapter 4, I don't have that many scriptures this morning. But don't shoot me. <laughs> because at the end of the day, we're hearing the word of God still. Amen. And so the first thing I started, I started to look at God. What was it that made him? And he gave me five things. Now the first thing which we'll come back to later, but just to put it on your radar, was the first thing they said was, Beijing's finished, they go away, they get a bit fatter, they do what they have the holidays, do whatever, but then it's a case of, right, now the road to London starts. And the whole team, because remember there's 10 different events, you need summer team events, summer solo events, and there's all the back team as well, and they all had the one goal, we have got to prepare ourselves for when we get to London. We have got to have, there is a corporate, a one Destiny. We're going that way. That's where we're going. And that's where we're going. There's the target. Yeah? And so, I, start, and I said, right, okay. So, the first thing was, was this. Was that they had one thing. And everything, everything they were doing was underpinned by this one desire. And the other thing, I want you to keep that in perspective while we're talking about the other, the other ingredients that I believe allowed them. And I want to show you how what God is doing with us and what God was doing with them is not too dissimilar. I want to try and broaden your horizons a little bit this morning. So, the, the, first, the, the, the next point was, and there was uh, a guy, when they were having different things, and I said, well, what is it that makes you so successful? Because you, you do know that most of the other teams, they've had allegations of cheating, they've had allegations of, of using like, information from Mars because their bikes apparently are not human, and they've had all these things because no one could understand what it was that made them so successful. Why are we dominating this sport so much? And the first thing they said is, we have a specific and all-inclusive training program that we have shared blood, sweat and tears to get and we are precious over it more than you believe and one of the comments he said was that they they had this impression that said if we look at every area of a cyclist and an athlete and a team and we can improve every little thing by 1% it's going to make a huge difference and so one of the quotes that one of the cyclists said they said there's fitness and there's conditioning of course but there are other things that might seem on, on the periphery like sleeping in the right position 
having the same pillow when you're away in train different places? Do you really know how to clean your hands without leaving the bits between your fingers? If you do the, things like this properly, you'll get ill a bit less. And they're only small things like that, but they will make a major difference. That's the level of detail they went to. And then I started listening. I started realizing, what, 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 what has this got to do with us? And what do we have? We have the preceding word. We have the preceding word. What is the preceding word? The preceding word is heaven's training program to get us to where God is tending us to go. We are not just here by, Pastor Tone doesn't just get a random bit of revelation and then we kind of go with that a little bit and then hope you'll get a bit more and then we'll hopefully, it'll be on the same line. No, 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 no. Heaven is releasing the scroll to us portion by portion by portion by portion. Amen? See, the, the, see when you're a cyclist and you start on a journey which is four years long, if you, go to, if you go to the gym three times, are you ready to go to the Olympics? Anyone been to the gym? And really, after three, after three times, you might feel a little better. Mostly, you'll just ache, in fact. Mostly, you'll just ache because you're, you're starting to move your body. Because why? what does the training program do? The training program, it will start to talk about every area. It conducts your thinking patterns, your body. It brings your, your sleeping patterns. It brings your priority. Everything becomes into focus because you have to get yourselves properly aligned according to where the program sets you. Why? Because the program sets the standard. And this is what, I've, and this is what uh, the first thing, the very top of the page um, of, of what the prophet said, it says this. It says, the Lord is saying to you in this hour, even as you stand firm in the things that I have given to you and continue to go back to the values why I raised your nation, stay within the confines of what I have given to you in that nation. Then you'll become the salt that will preserve. You'll become the light that will shine and you'll push back darkness away. For Europe will plunge if you will let go. Europe will, give, will plunge if you give up. And the first in the spirit, God was saying, I must say, the preceding word, we have to stay within the confines of what God has given us in this house. Why? Because you can never go to the next level. If they, if they are ever going to reach to get to the Olympics, these cyclists had a four-year journey. If they gave up after two years, after one year, after six months, are they ever going to get there? No. The preceding word has been given to us at a strategic and specific time in order that you and I can advance to this bit. And then when the st- we have reached that standard, then heaven releases the next part. Heaven releases the next part. Heaven releases the next part. It is a specific, all-inclusive. Heaven has taken in every single piece of detail you can imagine. And, and, and the first thing, that, it says, for if, you, if, you, if Europe will plunge, if you let go, Europe will plunge. You see, you know what? You letting go doesn't just affect your life. By not heeding and staying within the confines of what God said, it doesn't just affect you. I want us to really this morning, I want us to, to really understand that there is a greater cause than us just obeying. Our obedience is not just about so your life feels better or that even the church is more healthy. We are talking about the God of the nations. God does not just give you a word for, for here, he gives a word for the nation. Your life fits into this house, this house fits into this nation and this nation fits into God's plans for all the world. Amen? And we have to see this. If we don't see this, then we will never ever make the journey that God is asking us to make. So the first thing, stay within the confines. I can only say to you, if you give up after three times in the gym, you will never get fit. You will never reach your goals. But it's so easy, church, that 
You know, when we, when we hear the word and we have also the, the, the week of prayer and fasting and we have all these other things and we feel such a buzz, don't we? You can feel such a buzz about what God has said. Wow, it's amazing. This revelation's awesome. And then two or three weeks go by and you get back into the daily routine of things and it's not so easy to follow. It's not so easy to keep going. Why? Because other things come at you. But God is saying he's looking for a church that will stay within the confines. Why? Because within the confines is protection. God knows if you try and go and lift 150 kilos when your body can only cope with 65, then guess what? You're going to hurt yourself. If you give up altogether, you're going to get unhealthy and you're going to hurt yourself. We must learn to stay within the confines of what God has said. The second thing. You with me so far? Awesome. The next thing is there's a guy that the British Cycling Team GB have who is, is, is now kind of, well, incredibly worldwide, highly regarded. It's called Dave Beresford. And he's the chief, he's the chief coach of, the, of Team GB. And he oversees everything. He oversees the trainer. What does the trainer do? The trainer brings understanding and insight into everything that we have received. So we get, we get the training program. If, you know, if, if, if you had, if the gym and the machines, the little instructions that tell you how to use a machine were enough, you wouldn't need personal trainers. The gym, gyms would never need to be staffed. But what do they do? They show you how to use it, how to use it safely. But what do, what do trainers also do? The trainers help you and inspire you to go further. They discipline you. They get hold of you and they know when to push you. You see, this is what he said. Um, and this was in, um, this is a day Beresford speaking. He said, all of a sudden, and this was in November, last November, before we got to, obviously, the Olympics in July. He says, all of a sudden, I felt we need to move forward here. I got the coaches and the riders in and said, right, we have got to go back to basics and do some hard yards, really hard yards. So I'd go in and sit in the stand and watch and make sure it was being done. They hated it. They didn't like it at all. It's the earliest I've ever been in the velodrome. Why? It depends how worried you are. Seriously, what's pushing people, what pushing people is all about is this. You sit there in your head and you say, we are going to work this out right here. And you stay behind at night. You have incessant... Telephone conversations, 24-7. What about this? What about that? You go for it over and over and over again. That's the level of intensity. That's how we work. That's what we do. That's what a trainer does. And what do we have? We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who is, who, who is right now is, is causing a change in this house. And listen to what the prophecy says. The word says, says, the Lord has said to you, I have caused you to rise as one who will push back the enemy. Therefore, the Lord would say unto you, you have a position to rise in the spirit. Let the lion of Judah rise in the church of England. In the next two years, three years, the next four years, God has given you a mandate to rise. You see, what did the trainer know? It was November. The Olympics are in July. But he knew if I don't push now, we're not going to get there in July. And right now, what have we been seeing? The Holy Spirit, is, we're talking about righteousness. We're talking about cutting off the flesh. We're talking about every little part of your life is being scrutinized by the Holy Ghost. Is it not? How that, you can't just come into worship anymore. We don't sing until we get the ping. It's 
not about, you can't just come and worship anymore. You can't just come and sing your songs. Do what was, what was accepted before is no longer accepted now. Why? Because if we want to get where God is taking this issue, we want to be a house that is going to be the, what, what God has caused in here. See, the Spirit is, has to push you. If he doesn't push you and he leaves you to yourself, then we'll just amble along and we'll stay where we are. Why would you put yourself through more pain? Why would your flesh say, yeah, yeah, go on. Make, make me hurt a bit more. Make the muscles burn a bit more. You know, don't have that. You know, don't, definitely don't have that burger. Definitely don't eat that bad food. Definitely don't stop yourself from watching the TV. Definitely don't pray extra. Why? Your flesh doesn't think like your spirit does. But in this hour, we must heed the call of what God is saying. That if we take the, the program is nothing unless we adhere. We hear to what the teacher of God is saying. We hear, who knows the mind of God except the spirit of God. Who knows the mind of a man except the spirit of a man. He speaks spiritual truths in spiritual words. That is what the Holy Spirit is constantly speaking. So this morning, the hour is saying that we haven't, that we, I know, I want to say, you know, you've done really well, church. You're doing really well. We are, but guess what? It's the Holy Spirit that is causing us. We have to understand why is the church rising so much? Because the time needs and requires it. We are being given an, a push in the spirit. That's why the revelation is coming to us. Why? Not because, just because we've been good, but because we are here, not just for us. It's about Europe. It's about what this nation. If we don't rise in a particular window, we miss it. We will miss it. And the Holy Spirit is pushing and pushing. But we have to be people who see why. Why am I going through persecution, God? Why do I feel like you're being mean to me? You're not letting me get away with things. And you keep, you keep pushing me. You know, we're, we're seeing little, little boys that are going to the parents saying, Mommy, 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 I'm crying because the Holy Spirit told me I've got to get this right. You know, when? 60 years ago. 50 years ago. Was that happening? I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying why now are all these things in every generation are we being challenged? Is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Because the time, the time is coming where we have two, three, four. Do you realize the prophecy came in 2011? We're already in year two. You know, we are already in year two. This is not something that we have forever to get right. It's something that we have to get right now. But you know what the amazing thing is that, is that God gives us a place. God gives us a place to come. You see, it's, I found it quite interesting. The one thing that Dave Beresford spoke about, the head coach said, was the difference so in GB's success was when 10 years ago, the velodrome was, was, was built down the road. The headquarters of the UK cycling is in Manchester. How cool is that? <laughs> come on, city transformation. <laughs> the blue camp's not quite there yet you know (laughs) we'll see we'll see (laughs) but the velodrome is the HQ why listen to what it says Uh, I keep changing the order I'm doing this so let me get it for you a place what what did it say here's what it says in the uh, in the prophecy the pastors You must begin to gather your people to push back and to build your churches well. Build your churches strong. As you begin to do that, the Lord will give you power to hold back the decay and the decline that is taking place in Europe. The Lord would say unto you, the strength of the church in England will begin to rise and provide strength for battle so that they hold back the works of the enemy. We have been given a house. The house of God. The house where the the program is released and the Holy Spirit is taught. 
We have the two, everything we need is in this house. Everything we need. Team GB said they have a place that they call home. They have a place that is purpose built for one reason. To prepare them for the works that they are about to do. You see, you see, they don't, your final place, your final place of victory doesn't stay in the house. The athletes didn't, the athletes didn't go to the Velodrome in Manchester and win an Olympic medal there. They had to go down to London in front of the eyes of the world. And that's where they did it. But where did they train? Where did they prepare? And I say to you now this morning, in the building spirit, how many of you here have learned to prophesy for the first time? In this house. How many have learned to pray over someone. And give a word over someone. In this house. This is the training ground of God. Where the army is brought together. In order to fulfill the purpose and plans of God. In everything it does. We have the voice of heaven. That is speaking and understanding the programs that heaven has given us. And we have to understand that everything we need is in this house. Everything we need is in this house. However. However. The hard part is this, is do you know how to use what you've got in this house? Because you see, we must harness the strength. We have been told here that the prophecies we are given strength for battle. We have been given strength for battle, but you've got to know how to use your instruments. You see, the cyclists spend, they have the most cutting edge bikes they have helmets that are made out of, they even look at the weight, they mould it to their head. Every single thing that they have is honed and is harnessed and is given. What, 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 what they, have to, they have to go and train and learn how to use it. But they had to learn in a, in a level because you know what? You can't spend forever learning. If you ever want to be, if, you, if I've t- I told that I teach guitar to Tumbi, uh, a bit, bit to Tumbi and Daniel and Jacques, and I say, if you ever want to play up here, you can't just play your guitar once a week. You've got to spend the time. You've got to learn. And how do you learn? Because you, you take hold of and you keep within the confines of what, the, what God is saying to this house right now. And then you take with the Holy Spirit and you say, with obedience, I will listen, I will take it, and I will outwork it. But I can do it in a place where, where it's safe. I can do it in a place where God has given us strength to rise together. And it's the together thing that I want to talk about this morning. The next thing. Because you know, where is it now? See this thing about it. A piece of paper are quite good. You can just flip to it. I've got to, I've got to scroll this thing. It's amazing. <laughs> but you see, God started to speak to me. What are the assets? What are the things in the house? You see, a, a house is empty without you and I. God doesn't, God has his, his word. He has his spirit. But he needs to put it in a vessel. And we know this. But what I realized was that how is God speaking? He's speaking through you and I. He's speaking through the worship. He's speaking through the young ones. He's speaking through pastor. He's speaking through the kids church. He's speaking out here. He's speaking through your testimony. He's speaking through your experience. He's speaking through all these things. And the one thing that God really spoke to me, if you want, the one thing that defined these guys wasn't the fact that they had a really good training program. Wasn't the fact that they had a really good coach. And it wasn't even the fact that they had a world-class facility. It was that they had the best people for the job. You have been chosen for a greater purpose than to sit in a local church and just come to church. 
you have been given a greater purpose. You could have been born at any time in this, in this world. You could have been born when it was World War II. You could have been born in between the 400 years where no prophecy was fulfilled in the Bible sense. You could have been born at any time, but you weren't. You were born for such a time as this. You are born now to be with these people here. And it's the cyclists who constantly speak about the fact that they had somebody to work with. Somebody to bring them together. That they were all going for exactly the same thing. And this is what I feel God really wants to speak this morning. It says here. They had a place to train. We got that. But now. The Lord will say to you now, the church in England, it's time for you to rise in prayer, rise in worship, rise to consolidate the work. What, what, what are we saying? Where, where, where is it now? I hate this. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. <laughs> Here we go. The prophecy says this. The people in England who are Christians, it is time for you to arise. Do not hold back. It is time for you to increase your passion. It is time for you to increase your prayer. It is time for you to increase your sacrifice in this hour. The Lord would say now to you, the church in England, it is time for you to rise in prayer, rise in worship, and rise to consolidate the work. Listen to what the guy said. Listen to what the, uh, David Beresford said. He said, you have to work out, is this athlete intrinsically driven? Is there that burning desire inside them to continue to compete, to continue to improve, to continue to grow through all the pain, all the hard work, the nutrition, the lifestyle, the sacrifices you have to make? If you look at all great champions, it's not to do with anyone outside. It's what's inside them. It's what's intrinsically inside them. It doesn't matter how much talent you've got. If it's not intrinsically inside you, you're not going to be able to accomplish sustained success. I want to sustain success for everyone in this house. I want this house to have sustained success. But God is calling us in this hour that we must rise in our passion, rise in our worship, rise in our prayer. But there's a difference. And if you, if you were to turn your Bibles to one Joshua, Joshua 1, sorry. And this is where I said to God, you're going to have to give me some insight into this. In one Joshua. In verse 12. Are we there? Okay, one Joshua. Verse 12. It says, But the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said, Remember the Lord commanded that Moses, the servant of God, the servant of the Lord, gave you. The Lord your God has given you rest and has granted you this land. Your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men, fully armed, must cross over ahead of your brothers. You are to help your brothers until the Lord gives them rest, as he has done for you. And until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God is giving them. You see, you want to take... So many times in church, and it's easy to fall into, you focus on your life. You focus on your family. Is it wrong to do that? No. Has God got a plan and a purpose for your life? Yes. But God gave me this idea of a running track. You know, if you're in the 100 meter sprint, you have your lane, don't you? You have the lane to the left, the lane to the, and you have the lines. And you've got this point and you've got the end. If you go into your neighbor's line, you're disqualified. If they come into your line, they're disqualified. You don't ever go into anyone else's lane. But this is not what God is commanding us in this hour. 
You see, what God is looking for in the house, in a nation, is those who are willing to rise as much to see someone else's life succeed as it is for your own life to succeed. You see, how can we love a city if you can't love the guy or the girl sat three rows down from you? How in this house can we call ourselves a church that is ready to take on a nation, ready to rise and stop the decay in Europe when you can't even help your brother or your sister stop the decay that's happening in their life? You see, what I realized about the resources, when, when, when um, the, the, the cycling guys were talking about the velodrome, they were talking about they have the best people for every area. And what I started to realize was, God, you have given each, each person in here a different testimony. You have given us each unique experiences. There are some in here who know what it's like to have their marriage go to the brink, but stay, stay within the confines of what God has said. Listen to the Holy Spirit and let them restore that marriage to a greater place than it ever was before. There are people who have been on the brink of financial break, breakdown, and then yet they have stayed honorable to God, and God has taken them on a journey how to go into overflow. There are people who have learned how to deal with difficult children, difficult families, difficult abuse, addiction. There are people in here who have a wealth of experience. Everything you need to define and to conquer the demons of your life are already in this house. And it's not just that you have to pray to God and go, oh God, help me. Guess what? Your brother or your sister are here to help you. However, are you willing to give what you God may have already given you a place of, of, of milk and honey in a particular area in your life? It may, it may be that you, you, you've learned all the keys of finance and you've been able to sort that. So, that's, so your family is safe in that. That's no problem for you. But are you willing to go and press and push and sacrifice in order to make someone else get to where you are? And, that, and we can say, oh, yes, Lord, you know, we want to finish the race and we'll help the nation. You know, if you can't help the one next year, how are you ever going to do any of that? How are we going to do that? And the time is pressing. It's time that God is saying we must rise together. We have to rise together. And we have to start looking at how we can sort the church out in whole before we start talking about the nation. Why? But, but guess what? The nation is coming. The nation needs us. Europe needs us. We, ha- we have a mandate to rise in the spirit. But God is saying in this hour, if you want to be a church that is so one, a church that the spirit of one, those who are in acts that were their hearts, their minds were all the same. We have to change that for we have to change the way our mind is run. It is no longer about your race. Run your race. Yeah, run your race. But are you willing? Are you willing to leave your place of safety and see the need of a fellow brother and go ahead of them and ensure that they get to where they need to go? Because if we can't do that in this house, then we are not a house that will be able to fulfill what God is asking us to do. And you know, what was amazing was I read the, I read the end of, um, at the end of the prophecy, it said, and this is our collect, this is what God collectively is asking, he's saying to us. It says here, it says, the Lord is saying, hearken, O church in England, 
It is time for you to arise. Do not abort the journey. Do not abort the journey. Do not abort the battle. Do not, do not run back because the arrows that are coming are going to come and hit your back. But the Lord is saying, if you arise in this hour and take heed of the sound of God's voice in this hour, you will push back the works of the enemy and the Lion of Judah shall be strong upon you. The power to win, the power to become strong and victorious will be upon you. I will push back the spirit world. I will push back the powers of the darkness upon your nation and I will preserve your nation in this hour. The Lord would, say, would even say, in this time, I have put a wall of fire to defend you for the next two years, three years, four years, because they are crucial for the churches in England to arise and come out of the cave and go and get ready to be to the front lines of the battlefield because the Lord will give you a conquering grace to touch the nations in Europe and begin to advance one more time like they did in days past. The Lord will stand by his people and cause the church in England to arise in this hour so that you might know the power to conquer, the power to prevail and not to bought the prophetic journey God has given you. God has put a fire, a wall of fire around this house. A fire that enables us to start to enable us to, to conquer each other's fears. To be able to come together and to be able to say, I can help you in this matter. If you would let me help you, I will give my sacrifice. I will increase my prayer. I will increase everything I have in order for you to come to where I am. And then someone over here says, I got the answer for you. But what it takes two people, one to give and one to receive. God has given us a mandate to take a nation, but not just to take a nation, to go, in, to go beyond these shores. To go beyond, because we serve the God of the nations. I can't get that through to you enough this morning. It is not just about the house. The house fits into the plan of the nation. And our lives fit into all of that. But we must come as a spirit of one together and be able to take what my strength is and give it to him over here. And then you take that and give it to them over there. If we cannot do that, then all this, all this, all this will go to somewhere else. We have all been chosen. But I sense, oh God, that, that God was saying, we must hearken unto the voice of God at this time. We must take hold of the preceding word. You know, the one thing that God asked me a question was, in the week of prayer and fast, what can you say about yourself? What can you say about yourself? It was great. Anyone who was there, who received their foresight? Anyone was there when the prophecy, when the, when the word was revealed about the pipes? It was pretty good, wasn't it? It was pretty good. But God said, what did you really get? And I said, you know what I learned? I learned I can go without food for five days. But I was still able to push above all of those things. And I was still able to give everything I could to you. And since that point, the standard has risen. You see, when the athletes... They don't just go. They don't just go to the Olympics. They don't just train and do nothing for four years. Just train, 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 and then go to the Olympics. No, no, no. They have European Championships, National Championships. They have World Championships. They have, they have events. And what are they? They are for the Holy Spirit to see, okay, how much of this word have you taken? How far are you? Have you taken the word? Have you stayed within the confines of what I am telling you to stay into? And then your heart will be revealed. And right now, I feel God has just taken us to another notch. But did you, did you raise or did you in that fight, did you fall? Were you found out? But you know what? If you were found out, at the end of the day, only you can change that. But God would say this morning that everything you need is in this house. And it's not just the building, it's the people that are set next to you.
for God has given testimonies. I have a, you know what was, was amazing for me on Friday, and this person will name nameless, was, you know, you, I work for a bank. Someone just rang me up on Friday and said, I need your advice on this. They didn't have to do that. It was probably quite, they may have felt nervous ringing me. But it was amazing that they felt they could trust me enough to ask my opinion. I could then give them what I give them. And I was able to put their mind at rest about something. You see, that's what Becoming One is about. It's about, it's about creating an atmosphere where we, are all, we all make our, our abilities known so that we can say, but we don't just say the mine. We say, God, they're yours. Show me where to use them. Show me where to use them. Show me who I can help. Show me. That's why MPOG and Man Up and Unleash are so, 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 so important. If you haven't been, you need to go. Why? Because we are learning to break down these barriers. Why? Because church, we're going somewhere. And in the next two, three years, God is going to transform this nation. But do you want to be part of that? Are you willing to sacrifice more for your brother, more for your sister, even if you don't know them? Are you willing to give? Are you willing to do that? Can you rise with me? We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to www.thedreamcentre.co.uk.